this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. We're coming to you with episode 28 with lots of exciting stuff to get into, but unfortunately some news that I found out right before we signed on about a living legend, Siegfried. Yeah, we have some sad news in the magic community and uh, on other stuff going on in the world, but uh, let's... Yeah, let's dive right into this, uh, Matt. Uh, right before we're logging in, we're recording um, uh, the news I saw this morning that uh, Las Vegas legend, half of the famous duo Siegfried and Roy, uh, Siegfried has passed away. And it's very sad. Yeah. In fact, I, I mean, this news is so fresh and raw that I made the mistake of saying living legend. legend. Yeah. I'm so used to yeah. referring to him as a, the one-of-a-kind star that he is as as a living legend but that um he's unfortunately passed so i uh obviously saddened uh, right before we signed in yeah it's um i I never met them i never got to see the show either uh i mean of course know of it uh there would be no vegas magic shows without them they kind of started this whole trend uh and uh, very sad that, you know, Roy passed away earlier, uh, you know, just months ago, it felt like in, in 2020 as well. And uh, he famously people know of the the, the attack and the, the health stuff that he was going through. Uh, but then for to also lose Siegfried uh, after that and, uh, you know, within a year, it's uh, it's very sad that these legends uh, who are known for their showmanship and their glitz and these big tiger shows and these illusions that really made uh what people think about magic in vegas possible uh it's yeah it's sad to lose them they were cirque du soleil before cirque du soleil existed Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. were class of all class i I remember on opening night they had sent me a giant like a life-size stuffed tiger that i still have (laughs) really and i know of other headliners they've done that for as well i still have it here of course at my house uh lovingly (laughs) the first time i had seen their show i was 12 years old when i saw them at the mirage i saw the first time i met siegfried i was about 15 it must have been 2003 in fact my friend Corey shared this on on facebook today Someone sent that post to me, which is how I found out. My friend Derek sent it to me. But um, he posted the photo of us as teenagers with Siegfried and shared the story, reminded me of the story of how we showed up to the theater asking if we could somehow meet Siegfried and Roy. (laughs) And the answer was, of course, a resounding no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it didn't stop us from continuing to ask and... Mm -hmm. As a last ditch effort, we decided to write a letter. Oh. And pass it off to the usher in hopes that it would get to Siegfried and Roy. And much to our surprise, we were welcomed backstage That's after amazing. the show to meet to meet Siegfried. <laughs> That's incredible. And it was it, he couldn't have been more kind. Mm-hmm. Um I was performing at a magic convention, uh that Society of American Magicians convention in one of the teen programs it's, it's still around actually it's called the stars of tomorrow show mm-hmm. and when Siegfried had found out that I was performing in that he said you know I wish I could come see it but I'll be working too <laughs> yeah of course and uh he took so many photos with us different poses individually and mm-hmm. just uh was extremely encouraging and kind to two young magicians that wrote a note to come and see him backstage is really a touching thing and I'll tell you, I have such a soft spot when I receive a handwritten note backstage that gets passed to an usher. Absolutely, uh, especially yeah. from a, a a young and up and coming magician. It's, uh, it's I definitely have a soft spot for that and accommodate it if possible. Yeah, you're just gonna have to find a giant stuffed animal to send to any other Vegas headliners when they open. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, uh, just, wow, just unbelievable. that's incredible. That's an amazing story. Um, and you still have the, I mean, they were, they were legendary for the tigers and just that, that spectacle. And, uh, you know, I definitely was thinking of them when, you know, everyone was so enthralled by, you know, Tiger King this summer (laughs) and everything like that. But that was like, they loved those animals. I remember hanging out at their, you know, lion sanctuary over at the Mirage. 
uh, and it's just uh, you know the love they had and for for the animals and treating them right as opposed to what we saw in those documentaries and um, I don't yeah. know it's tricky yeah and and I, I I'm sure there are opposing views on that but I think if there was any example in the world I like to think that it would be Siegfried and Roy mm-hmm. I, I there was definitely uh, there was definite compassion and love there between it, it, seemingly from from everything we could tell it really yeah. appeared that way. Um, and can we just talk about their style and the glitz and the glamour? I mean, there's it's there's no spectacle like it anymore. Like uh, it's just a it was such a sign of the times and the, how they embraced all of that showmanship, which was so incredible from the clips I've seen online and uh, and pr- previously they had you know TV specials and you know so much uh, you know just the their whole. What is it? Samarti? Uh, I'm going to say it right. Sarmoti. Sarmoti, yeah. Uh, Sacred and Roy, Roy, Masters of the Impossible. Masters of the Impossible, exactly. So uh, that shall live on, and, uh, you know, their me- their memory will live on as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean. They created, they created the Las Vegas Magic Show. There was no such thing as a headlining full evening show before Sacred and Roy. Mm-hmm. There were magic acts that popped in, Almost as an intermission. I, right. I don't want to call yeah, it an intermission, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> as a segment within a greater show. But Siegfried and Roy created the Las Vegas Magic Show. And even though respectfully my style, you could even maybe call the antithesis of Siegfried and Roy in some ways, wouldn't exist without them. You Without without someone to set the standard, you can't have mm-hmm. other style. I mean, they, yeah. their style created other styles just by people either imitating them or people mm-hmm. doing the opposite of them or it's like everyone in some way wanted to be them whether their style matched yours or not yeah and you can tell the impression they've made just on everything in pop culture because you know when you can parody something like like as legendary as Siegfried and Roy and it pops up everywhere from you know the Burt Wonderstone movies to the Simpsons Gunter and Ernst you know they're they're characters that are kind of just so emblematic of these two you know German-based, uh, you know, magical duo with their costumes and tigers. It's like, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. So it's a very sad loss for sure. And, uh, you know, 81, um, it's very sad. Uh, well, he passed from pancreatic cancer, I think, too. And That's what I read. Yeah, That's I what read I read that. from yeah. from multiple yeah, accounts. So I just heard about that in the past few days, that, yeah. that he was sick so Ill. yeah yeah um but anyway he's a living legend another well a living legend there i yeah. go again another funny story uh being a las vegas local one of our team at my show ted used to go to the same gym as siegfried no way Sieg- <laughs> siegfried was such a down-to-earth cool guy and uh <laughs> and, and it's funny because one of the greatest thrills we've had at our show is siegfried coming to see the show amazing and ted and siegfried had a talk about this backstage just going to the gym and whatnot but uh (laughs) ted said you know there'd be an occasion where he'd be pulling through trying to get to his parking spot and there'd be this guy slowly crossing the street and he'd be like oh come on and then he'd be like oh oh never mind it's just siegfried (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah but um wow wow what a he, he inspired a lot of people uh, across the entire world, and he is a, a pioneer. Absolutely. He will be missed. He will be missed. Um, what else is going on? I mean, it's been a weird uh, week. Uh, I mean, obviously, the big news in the world is the uh, president was impeached twice for this, or for the second time. We won't get into the politics of that. Uh, again, we're not a politics uh, uh, podcast. You don't want to necessarily hear our views on that, but I did want to switch gears wait 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 wait. i'm sorry i have a question though i know you don't want to get into it but i have a question before you move on yeah like when it comes to an impeachment sure if it doesn't and now now i'm not questioning why he was impeached that's not what i mean what i'm saying is i feel like an impeachment should just result in someone leaving office i don't understand why why does impeachment exist only in the house and if it doesn't go through in the senate then there's no impeachment at all then it ba- it's still you're still impeached but it really doesn't mean anything what is it just kind of a blemish on a record what does it mean well the impeachment itself is that congress has brought tr- uh charges to the president 
So just right. But the Senate is the one that runs the trial. So you can have charges against you and yeah. still, you know, turn out OK, as we saw with the uh, the first impeachment where they they kind of uh, claimed there was no wrongdoing in the Senate. Although. Right. But does yeah. this exist outside of presidency? Like, since when are you charged with something? But then there's just no trial. No, I there guess is a trial. There is a trial. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. there is. It just might not necessarily it could go it might, one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, it might not result in a conviction. That's the thing. So, so, so okay, so it's like being charged for a crime, but not mm-hmm. arrested but not, for a crime, but not charged with a, a penalty. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I so, see. So it's just it's the it's the first step in the uh, judicial process, uh, but because it's the president, it all goes through the Senate, uh, the through Congress rather than a trial of your peers. Because, I mean, if you're going to put the president on trial, you got to find a jury of other presidents. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, listen. With that said, I'll just apologize for interrupting whatever you were saying with this riveting question, but I had to ask. No, yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up because that ties into, um, you know, what I wanted to say because uh, tangentially related was the, uh, the, the whole uh, out, Outrage about Twitter, uh, quote, and I'm putting it in quotes for a reason, censoring the president. They they deplatformed him, essentially, uh, got suspended his account. And there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, were up in arms and uh, claiming that this was a violation of the First Amendment. And uh, I like having facts and explaining, you know, things like the impeachment just to get so people are on the same page and they actually understand what's going on. Uh, and it kind of ties in three of our past episodes, if we really think about it. One, um, get, talking about political posts on Facebook. I made one of those, and oh boy, did they get some responses <laughs> uh, about it. Uh, but two, uh, tying that into um, the social dilemma, we talked about that Netflix special, and just the engagement that that post got uh, was more engagement than I've had on any of my other posts. And, uh, you know, thinking of all these people arguing back and forth over a a topic, uh, I was like, oh, well, I have a brand new audience that sees my post now. Should I just, like, plug my virtual show? Is this the right time to do that? (laughs) Now that that all the attention's on me, I think that's a fun way to capitalize on it. But uh, and then three in the past, uh, we talked about the book I read that I, you know, basically dumbs down the Constitution for you or gives it context. And that was the Ben Sheehan book. OMG, WTF, uh, does the Constitution actually say Uh, so? I just, uh, you know, I, I thought I had some interesting points because I know I was coming from a factual place of what the First Amendment is and what it is not. And, um, mm. you know, people are up in arms because the, the First Amendment literally says that the first couple words are Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or press or the, I'll just read the rest <laughs> or the right of the people peacefully to assemble or and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So the fact that people are claiming this is a first amendment violation, uh, they don't they aren't putting into account that these are private businesses that are making these decisions and Congress has not made a law prohibiting people's speech in this situation. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm, I'm right there with you and I just don't I th- th- I think this is the reason we don't get political here is because oftentimes it seems like each each party is has an argument that's falling on deaf ears because I think people tend to be set in certain ways and believe a certain thing. No matter how many times you show someone those first few wor- words that say mm-hmm. Congress says, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be the, the 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 argument against it comes from a totally different angle of yeah, but and and then it just applies to sort of something else and asks it answers a different question than right. what you're proposing. So the conversation goes nowhere. Yeah, and I think the tricky part is having that baseline of what facts are, and that's been kind of muddied up for the past four years, probably even before that as well, of uh, just people picking and choosing facts that fit their narrative. Uh, but I, in this conversation I was having, I was trying to explain you know, what the First Amendment was and that these private businesses do have the right. And you could still be upset about these things. Like you're, you're entitled to your opinion and your feelings about it. And you could be upset at Twitter uh, if you don't like it. Uh, you know, I think 
they ran into some issues where they didn't enforce their terms of service early on and they kind of dragged their feet and then all of a sudden decided to enforce things. Um, also, there's the argument about hate speech being not protected speech and so forth like that. But uh, but regardless, I came up with two analogies that I thought were pretty pretty good to explain the First Amendment. And I wanted to just run them by you to see Feed what me. you thought. So Feed me. So I basically said Facebook, uh, like on my own Facebook page, if I make a post, I have the freedom to delete that post or delete comments on the post. And I go, now imagine Facebook itself is its own page. And each <laughs> each media company, you know, all these social networks are their own page as well. And they can dictate what's on them and what's not on them <laughs> because they have that right. And like, and if we even zoom out further, like your web browser company or even your internet service provider is its own page and they can determine if you're breaking a terms of service agreement whether they want to uh you know violate you or ban you from it and they have the right to do it so i do think there's an argument that you know internet is a utility and we should have access to it and it could be regulated but uh you know if we want a public space where everyone has equal ground and can say whatever they want you're kind of arguing a socialist point that it should be funded <laughs> by the government <laughs> right uh so i think that was kind of funny and the other one was i was like imagine you're having a really cool uh yard party like a like a backyard party uh and you uh you upset someone that owns that backyard. It's like they're within their right to kick you out of their backyard. And you right. can still do that action that violated it, but you've got to go to another yard or start your own party in your own yard. Or <laughs> but, it's a great uh, analogy, especially that Facebook one about yeah. Facebook being their own page, essentially, which yeah. it's almost not an analogy. It's almost literal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just expanding and out, out uh, yeah taking it a little bit a wider view uh but i like the yard one because i was like you can't get upset if then everyone's still at that cool party yard and you're by yourself in your own yard like it could frustrate you you can be upset but like it's it just because it's more popular doesn't mean it's infringing on your rights <laughs> is essentially what i came down to on that so uh, I like it. That's kind of all I wanted to say on that topic. And uh, and uh, yeah, just to tie all of those things of, you know, same old traps. It's just it's all encompassing because, again, I've just been glued to TV and watching all this political stuff that's happening. Well, three Wednesdays in a row. We go I from know. the <laughs> we go from the riot at the Capitol to the impeachment this mm -hmm. Wednesday. And then this coming Wednesday is the inauguration. Yeah. And who knows Wednesdays? what in between? Yeah, just it's in the middle of your week. It just ruins everything if something happens. Twenty twenty one is like I hate to say it, but so far trying to give twenty twenty a run for its money. Am Absolutely. I wrong? Absolutely. No, I think you're right there. Twenty twenty one, there's been so much high expectation and they're just looking back going, I'll raise you one, twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like twenty twenty part one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Hopefully the there's a turnaround around the corner. We'll see. <laughs> it's crazy because also we got big news in Vegas in terms of now it didn't come. I say it's big news, but it didn't come as a surprise to me. Uh, restrictions as they currently are will remain in place at mm -hmm. least for an extra month. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. that didn't surprise me based on where we're at struggling with the pandemic. But it, it guarantees that shows will not be happening in Vegas for an extended period period of time for me it's really hard to imagine any timeline right now other than when vaccines come around but right, right. always got to be prepared for whatever the future is going to bring but right now it's just a whole lot of let's see what happens and at this point it's been 10 months over 10 oh yeah 10 months exactly it's january 14th when we're recording this yeah and uh I mean, at least the vaccines are rolling out. And I know, you know, there's different tiers of people who are getting them. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy my mother's in two of those tiers and she's got her first uh, vaccine and everything like that. And uh, so I'm happy that I'm just waiting for when we can all get there and we get back to some semblance of normalcy and uh, we'll see. And uh, hopefully by, you know, at least 2022. <laughs> Let's just hope that's not a 2020 part two. <laughs> 
my gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there and performing again. But uh, have you been doing anything to keep your mind off of everything that's going on politically, or just like to to focus elsewhere for your own mental health? I, I meditate every day. I must yeah. be on two hundred and seventy something days consecutive now. So mm-hmm. today I did a half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ventured out. So uh, usually I use Headspace, but I have some other uh, apps and teachers and things. Not not teachers that right. know that they're teaching me, but right. You're, you're glomming on to a, a to some teacher that's already doing a lesson. Yeah, right. experts out there who <laughs> put out information that I yeah. have absorbed. Wait, so I could just say that about the master classes I've done. I was like, I was taught by Samuel Jackson. <laughs> he doesn't know he taught me, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I clarified. That's I'm why gonna I put clarified. it on my uh, my CV of like <laughs> on my resume, just uh, student of Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Uh, last night or the night before I did a, I not, I didn't plan to, but I hopped on a little Instagram live with Howie Mandel. Oh, you were on that too? Which very was fun. fun. I cut the very tail end as he was like signing off. So that was Oh, fun. no way. That was right before I, that, <laughs> I had signed off. I had gone on right at the end there oh, and he funny. said, all right, that's how we're going to close and then signed off. Uh, I must've just missed you. That's crazy. Yeah, I've uh, and we've done this a few times. Maybe once every couple of months. I'll he'll he'll go. I don't know how often he does it, mm-hmm. but um, I had so much fun before I had jumped on in the video chat. So much fun just watching him do what he does. His yeah. crowd work when he performs live is some of the best I've ever seen, and just watching him sort of interact with people that he does bring into the chat and seeing how he reacts. And there are heartfelt moments. There are touching moments. There are hysterical moments. And what a terrific guy. And he cracks me up and it gave me the smile that I needed. So, uh, I, you know, he invited me into the chat and we had a a great little, uh, catch up. And I told him how much fun I had just laughing. I was by myself (laughs) watching him laughing and, it's crazy because when you watch a performer do some sort of crowd interaction, yeah, you have in your head sometimes inevitably what you would have responded. Sure, exactly. As a performer, yeah, and to see someone have a response that just like so outweighs what yours would have been, <laughs> and and maybe maybe I had a witty comment that I would have said. Mm-hmm. But no, he had a witty three minutes, right, That's that great. he would just go into. It's so inspiring to see. And, and this is, mm-hmm. you know, after performing thousands of shows, you think you get pretty okay at it. And then you see someone who did it for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just natural and comes easy. And yeah, It's natural. Great. It comes easily. It's more their space, right? I'm a magician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a comedian. All he does is talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And be funny. <laughs> so, Did you show the, him the, any magic? I did, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> great. I did. Yeah, yeah. I just picked up something I had that I was... Uh, working on and now these uh, uh live instagram lives aren't recorded like no one can go and watch these unfortunately back, no. no unfortunately so no i think you can choose moment. to make them live I, right. mean, I mean i think you can choose to make them if it's if you're the one who starts it i think you mm-hmm. can choose to like make it, it something that lives at least something. for 24 hours gotcha gotcha like yeah. a story but um this was i think this was just live and then disappears but what a great time and that that was a nice thing to to do and it kind of it put me in a, a great mood because uh, he's a lovely human. Oh, that's very fun. Oh, yeah. I wish I had stayed on to see you. I was just watching. I can't, I was, you, yeah. It sounds like you caught the, literally like when he was signing <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after I signed off, he signed off probably 30 seconds later. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Oh, well, timing. Yeah. Timing yeah. is everything in this business. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I think I was just so excited because, um, you know, I've been trying to keep my mind off of things going on in the world by uh, uh, keeping my brain busy. And I've been watching a lot of trivia, like game shows and stuff. Uh, You know, I like games. You know, I like trivia. Uh, But there's a couple that I'm just like all in. First of all, we've already talked about the incredible loss of Alex Trebek. But seeing yes. Ken Jennings fill in as guest host has been really fun to see. I saw and, the headline. Yeah, and then getting more Ken Jennings on this new show. Well, it's not a new show, but a rebooted show uh, called The Chase, where it's him and the other um, Jeopardy champions, and they basically are the like trivia master, and three people go up on them. And I think the ad even for this week is like there's a magician that's like on it because I saw one of them's like I know a magic trick too, making you disappear because the the legends all have to like 
talk smack to the contestants. <laughs> or maybe they don't have to, but they choose to. Uh, for <laughs> for Eric, Eric, for our listeners and, and possibly myself, who is Jennings? Ken Jennings. Oh, he is the uh he is one of the Jeopardy champions and they had the tournament of Jeopardy. Well they had the He's won. He had like the longest um, winning streak on Jeopardy, and he amassed one of the highest payouts, if not the highest. But then they put him against two other Jeopardy champions uh, to try and determine once and for all who the goat was, the greatest yeah. of all champions. And Ken ended up winning that tournament, so he was wow. the first one to um, to uh, come in as a guest host. But they brought the other two champions uh, on as well. Uh, for this other show called The Chase, and it's just a, another fun trivia show. Uh, but the one that I think I w- wanted to tell you about that I think you'd be more interested, because I uh, I think you're a fan. I think we've discussed. Uh, Craig Ferguson. You know Craig Ferguson? He had a late-night show a while he back. did. Yeah, absolutely. He's hosting a show called The Hustler, and it's kind of a trivia game meets a lie detector game meets like Survivor in a way. So there's five contestants, and one person knows all the answers, and they're trying to get the team to settle on the right answer. And then throughout, the other players are trying to figure out who the hustler is. So it's kind of like the game show The Mole, which is one of my favorites way back in the day. Uh, but as the game progresses, the hustler can vote. The, I mean, they all take a vote, but the hustler can vote people off because if the hustler can convince uh people that it's someone else they get the whole money at the end and uh if they don't if they're able to be pegged then the remaining two contestants at the end of the show split the money so it's a fun little like uh social dynamic lie detecting deduction game which you know ties into mentalism in a way trying to like spot who's who's lying when who's giving off tells and uh I think it's a lot of fun, and having Craig Ferguson as the host to add his little witty banters in is very Two fun. questions on that note. Yeah. Number one, have you seen I Can See Your Voice, hosted by Ken Jong? No. I Can uh, See Your a, Voice? I Can See Your Voice is the <laughs> okay. name of the show. It's a, it's on Fox, a primetime show, hosted mm-hmm. by Ken Jong, and there's like a celebrity panel, mm-hmm. and characters come out, and they'll be like the cheerleader, this is the, different than, uh, you know, the mass Singer, mass Dancer? Yeah, it's just another singing game show. Okay, great. But totally different premise, also with Ken Jeong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they'll be like the cheerleader, the teacher, the scientist. There'll be all these different characters that come out in their stone face. And then they lip sync. Uh, and the ones, the ones who can sing are lip syncing to their own voice. Wow. The ones who cannot sing are lip syncing to... Someone who can actually sing. That's funny. And the contestant has to come on with help from the celebrity panel and figure out who can sing and who can't sing. And that's oh, the premise okay. of the show. So it's like another kind of deduction game. Exactly. Oh, but also fun. there's an online game, an app called Among Us. Have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah. I've played a little bit. Uh, it, I it couldn't com- get into it myself, but it's a huge thing, I think. There's a whole category of like, um, you know, kind of deductive reasoning games. Uh, the original that I was first familiar with called Werewolf, where it's like hidden roles games and you're trying to do that. There's like some Jackbox versions. There's one that's press the button that's very similar to Among Us that, you know, two people are aliens and the rest are humans. And you have to figure out based off of their decisions in different games who's who's kind of messing up because the aliens get different prompts than the humans do. And it's all about justifying. I hate playing those games, but I like watching them because <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm very bad at lying and like trying to deceive people. So whenever I play those games, I just love being the one who's like normal. So I don't have to do anything like and justify my bad actions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'll tell you what, ones. rather, rather than steal your thunder, I'm going to, uh, since you brought up trivia, I'm just going to let you rock the transition that is bound to happen here. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, speaking of games, how about a riddle with Diddle Me This? Diddle me this, diddle me that, will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! That was seamless. We deserve... What's the Emmy for podcasts? Is it uh, potties? Casties? Is there, is there something? There's got to be. 
Obviously, we're not nominated because I don't think we're up for one. (laughs) Whatever it is, I don't think I don't think it matters. It might not apply to us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Uh, if you want to nominate my Nova Magic, uh, well, I don't know how, so just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah, first figure out what the award is called. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to create an award to provide to Mind Over Magic. We are all ears. Yeah, I think potty sounds funny, but it could be that could be a, an award for something else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt, here's your riddle. Um, this is uh, because I'm just in a very logic based mind lately, um, and we and we liked that one with the uh, the the married people standing in a row. This is more of a logic based puzzle than it is a riddle. But I'm gonna give it to you anyway, and I think I think you're gonna get it. I think you're. I'm, I feel confident in you, Matt. Okay. All right, here we go. There are three wooden crates, one labeled apples, one labeled oranges, and one labeled apples and oranges. They are all labeled incorrectly. You are able to reach into one crate and just pull out one fruit, and by doing so, you need to correct all the labels. How can you do it? I'm able to reach into one crate and pull out just one fruit. And by doing that, I need to correct all the labels, which are all incorrect. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> it's an got interesting it. puzzle, right? It's I've got interesting it. I've got it. It having... is very interesting. Yeah. In case you got it, I'm just giving more people to work it out because... Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure if I've got it. Okay. So so hit me with it. What do you think? Here, I haven't gotten it yet. I shouldn't even say that, but I think I'm on a path. But don't okay. I don't even want a clue yet as okay, to whether or not sure. my path is accurate. Mm-hmm. I think I need to start, because I know that they're mislabeled. Yes. My key. initial reaction is to start with the one that says apples and oranges. Okay. Because if I reach in one that says oranges, it could have an apple. It could have, oh, wait a minute. No. If it has an orange, then I know that one is apples and oranges. If I start with the one that says apples and oranges, and I pull it out. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, I think I was right the first time. You are right I... the first time, because if you started with the oranges yeah. and you pulled out an apple, you still don't get much information, yeah. because it but could I get be two apples pieces or of apples and oranges. Yeah. I get two pieces of information by starting with apples and oranges label, because... And by, that will, of course, give me the third piece of information by process of elimination. Mm-hmm. So I go to the one that says apples and oranges, and I see what I retrieve. Yes. If it's an apple, I know that that one needs to be labeled apples. Correct. Where do you go from there? <laughs> How do you know mm. the rest? Yeah. Think I know of- that the one that says apples is not apples. Correct. Yeah, because you removed that label and you put it on the the first bucket you reached into. The one that originally said apples can't be apples because the one that said apples and oranges is apples. That's correct. So that so, that one's blank. It doesn't have a label now because you right. removed it. But that one still, in theory, could be oranges or apples and oranges. Well... What did you just relabel? Which which one did you start with? Yeah, I'm not thinking about moving the labels. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just harder for my brain. So I think if I pull out an apple from apples and oranges, okay, I know that's apples now. But now I need to look what was labeled apples. And that one was labeled apples. I know for a fact it's not apples. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's oranges or apples and oranges. It could be either one. What would happen if you labeled it with apples and oranges? I'm going to help you out a little bit because this is how I think of it. Okay. There, there are different ways to solve it, but this is the simplest way that I found the logic here. If I label it with apples and oranges. So if you just la- like. Oh, that doesn't work. Why not? Because then I just switch two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're all, they're, they're all, all incorrect. incorrect. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. that's the best way that I found out to l- work the logic. Mm-hmm. So if you just switch two, that third one would stay the same and therefore yeah. that can't, that can't happen. It, it's, it's, it's interesting. My reading, reading, thinking fast and slow, a book that yeah. we've talked about. Talks By the about way, sis- I think you nailed this. I Thank think you. you got that. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the book talks about system one and system mm-hmm. two of the brain. System one being things that you kind of instinctually are able to ascertain. Yeah. 
yeah. and system two being more logic and reasoning, my instinct was correct. Absolutely. In yeah. that if I attack that one first, it will give me all the information I need mm -hmm. to figure out what the other two have. And, and even in detail to the fact of it will give me two informations, which will tell by process of elimination, give me the third one essentially is what happens in that puzzle in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it took longer for my system two to actually go through it and verify that sure, instinct. Sure, to figure out why it all worked right. Because a lot of these times we just automate that process and we just kind of instinctually know. But that's why it's tricky also to trust just your instincts because you gotta, you should always go back and verify. <laughs> when you read that book, I'll tell you it's alarming how many times our instincts are wrong. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, yeah. and it ties into the Malcolm Gladwell Blink book, which a lot of people reference as like a trust your first instinct thing, but they only read the first half of the book and the rest of the rest of the book disproves that notion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's very similarly related. And just for the record, I'll have the official answer on this is pull a fruit from the apples and oranges crate. Let's say you pull an apple out. That crate is full of apples. That means that the crate labeled oranges has to be apples and oranges because apples is already taken and it is mislabeled. That leaves the remaining crate to be oranges. Yeah. So you nailed it. You got it right. Boom. Are you ready to nail a trivia question? Well, that's very presumptive, uh, but I'll try my best. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Now this is something we pulled from the mailbag, I think last week mm -hmm. we had a, a handful of questions in this, so uh, we have a couple that are saved here. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw one of them at you. Great. From Rob Balchunas. All right. Great. Perfect. I like that name Balchunas. That's going to be his ringtone. Now he's just going to take you saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> Who created the Riddler's riddles for the movie? For which movie? The I'm assuming the uh, the Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, where Riddler and Two Face, Riddler played by Jim Carrey, who created the riddles for this movie. Is that yes, something sir. people know? I that's <laughs> I I don't know the answer to that question, but I do have four choices for you that right. will help. Yeah, I definitely need the choices because I mean, right now I'm literally thinking it could be anyone. <laughs> well, interesting. Here are the choices. A. Okay. Is Sam Zersky? Okay. I don't know who that is, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Is Zersky? Is Zersky? Okay. B. Will Shorts. Okay, I know. He, I know who that is at least. Who Go is on. that? He is famous for the uh, New York Times crossword puzzles. Uh, he's the editor, I believe, of all of those puzzles that come in. And wow. I think he has a major in puzzles. I think like he created his own major in college. But I could have that wrong. C, David Kwong. David Kwong, I know as well. A Also a great puzzler. I went to his uh, – we talked about him on this podcast. Right. The, the, his puzzle show that I went to. I'm familiar uh, with him. Inside the Box and, you know, magician as well and – uh, the I have uh, I helped kickstart his um, I'll give him a plug for this I think he has a, a the deck is called the Enigma deck and he uh, has his own little puzzles in a deck of playing cards. Do you think this is his first time being plugged on an award-winning potentially podcast <laughs> from the potties? <laughs> um, okay, so do you have a suspicion as to whether or not he? wrote the riddles for Batman Forever? I'm leaning against him, not anything personally. I think just the movie was, uh, you know, mid-90s, and I think uh, he started, I think he was just, uh, I think he's a young, younger-ish guy. I think he's had a long career, but I just don't think the timing lines up for it. Okay, and choice D is, and I just want to clarify again, this was created by Rob Balchunas, this <laughs> okay. question and the choices. Uh, D is Eric Dittleman. <laughs> Well, at least I know one of them. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna go with Eric Dittleman wrote the. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be uh, news to me if I wrote those. Um, so okay, great. I think I've narrowed it down to two at least. Will okay. Shorts and uh, something Azerski. Who's this? Uh, the first name was Sam. Sam Azerski. So I'm literally. 
because I've heard of Will Shorts in other contexts, I don't, I, I want to say it's probably the name I've never heard of. It might be the person who wrote these riddles because otherwise why throw that in? I don't know. Do you want a, a 50-50 lifeline? A 50-50 lifeline? You have the answers. <laughs> yeah, How's but I'm going to make it 50-50 for you oh. before you lock in. Oh, I could do that? Yeah, why not? I mean, who wants to just, be a millionaire does it? Well, I, when you talk about which two you're leaning towards and who wants to be a millionaire, they just give you those two. <laughs> so unless you eliminate it. <laughs> I'm going to give you two that might surprise you. Okay, give me the 50-50 life. I'm going to give you Will Shorts and David Kwong. Wow. Okay, great. So I'm going to go Will Shorts then. Do you want another lifeline? <laughs> well, the fact that... <laughs> The fact I'm, that joking. That okay. I'm joking. It's Will Shorts. I'm joking. That is very funny. <laughs> I, I look up who I, I is a, uh, Sam Mazursky must must be someone I need to look up because should we name. ask Jeeves? No, let's not Google on the podcast. We already did that last week with Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard your brother was uh, really disappointed in you, me, us for not being able to name more Jason Sudeikis movies. My brother, who makes the theme songs for this segment, by the way, uh, is a huge movie guy. So he was just a little frustrated at our lack of movie knowledge. But at least I have a good amount uh, when it comes to movies as opposed to when we discuss movies with you, Matt. And you're just like, I have no idea. <laughs> a lot of yeah, time. like when, when you're like, which Batman? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me see which Batman he's talking about. And you're like, Batman forever. And you're like, oh, that's in the 90s. I have no idea. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, that's funny, man. Um, this new year, I, uh, I'm trying to like organize a lot with the move and everything. By the way, uh, just a quick move update. I have decided I am done with unpacking for the time being because I'm out of space to put things. <laughs> like, I just don't know where else the rest of these boxes are going to go. So I ordered a couple of cabinets that are on their way just to like have more storage space. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I'm going from an apartment that had lots of closets to an apartment, although it's my own and I love it, very little closet space now. So, got to make some of my own. But uh, but as I'm organizing things, I'm also like trying to get back in the swing of my business and the virtual shows and getting back to work and everything. And I realized I have this mailing list, email list that I like haven't used in a long time, and I want to get back in and like get people who uh, who are interested in updates. Uh, from me, get the people that are you know want the stuff uh, and kind of weed out the people who think I'm bothering them. <laughs> uh, but I don't know why they would think that if I only send one email every like two, three years. <laughs> um, but uh, but I'm just curious uh, what your take on email marketing is. Uh, do you have a mailing list? Is that all uh, as a Vegas headliner? Are you in charge of it? Or do you have someone else that's managing all that stuff? Uh, talk to me. I'm right topic. there. I'm right there with you with not sending out newsletters mm -hmm. as often as I could or maybe even should. Exactly. I think this was a clear indication that Eric Dittleman does not subscribe to the Matt Franco newsletter. <laughs> so I implore you, Eric, to visit mattfranco.com and sign up so you can receive my biannually <laughs> yeah, sent exactly. out notes. Mine is probably just as frequent, if not. I was doing a lot more when I had like Amazeballs was running and I had a separate list for that. And every once in a while for the colleges, you know, I would send out something there. But like as a general, like I've just kind of now combined all my lists as just like a general, here's information about Eric Dittleman. Uh, but I think uh, the one I'm writing now, because I am going to do like a Happy New Year uh, welcome to 2021 kind of update and being like, hey, if you want to subscribe, I get it. But like before you do, you know, take a look. And if if you know someone who might be interested, at least like forward along to them, uh, because I only want people who are interested in what I'm doing to, to be getting it and who are excited to get it. Well, but I think I'll today we can agree that we each have one more subscriber because I will subscribe to yours <laughs> under the condition. Yes. That you subscribe to mine as well. Right. And I'll just say, I'll plug mine as well. You can go to ericdittleman.com and just sign up there. <laughs> can um, you sign up there? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my, on my, you got to scroll down to the bottom, but it's there. Um, Okay. Yeah. uh, So we, we send them out. Uh, mm -hmm. When I say we, I mean, I just mean we, I I don't, I say we sometimes because the operation is smaller than, is bigger than just me. So I I always say we, but I'm not not referring to anyone in particular Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. other than, uh, our awesome team, but See, um, yeah, I wasn't. No, I, I don't think I was subscribed because I just figured you were gonna just text me important information anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or send it to you to say, "Hey, yeah. would you please proofread this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do that sometimes. <laughs> um, I I always I, I like to write them myself. I feel like yeah. a, a newsletter is like a blog. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, we have a team that will sometimes so like basically create a format create a layout essentially which is really not that hard to do because i used to create them pretty frequently using i guess it's constant contact yeah i mean i've been creating constant contact emails since Since uh, probably for the past probably for the past 10 years yeah and i used to do it for us with franco talent and so Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. um so now i i normally do just the uh i focus more on the the actual text Sure, sure. The actual yeah. so copy. It's, it's your words and it feels like it's coming from you rather than someone else, a copy editor writing for you or something like that. Yeah, that's important, especially if it's like made to be coming from me. It's yeah. one thing if we sent out something that's clearly just like an, uh, a narrator voice saying, here, check this out. This is happening, <laughs> Team Franco. Yeah. But if it's something that is going to have my name at the bottom, I, I write it. Yeah. Which always, when I write a newsletter, for me, that's a personal thing. Like, I want it to be, hey, like, look, here's what's going on. And I write it. I, and that's maybe why, because I'm so invested in being involved in that process. Because really, that's the part that takes a long time. Right. right Putting right, the photo right. at the top and, <laughs> yeah. and adding links is the part that isn't, isn't, doesn't take necessarily a whole ton of time. It's not like Photoshopping something that's that's great the par- in detail that's it's the part i like doing better is just the arranging the elements in the newsletter that's why it takes me so long to send them out is because it's like oh i gotta write the ad copy now like the actual part right of the text what right, am I right. Say? and don't get me engaging. wrong there's an art to the layout as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i could spend all day trying to create a layout but i'd rather right. trust someone else to create a layout and then i can make the meat and potatoes of it yeah what it yeah. needs to be which is a weird reference for a vegan to make <laughs> I'm There's got to be now. a vegan equivalent of something in potatoes, Tof- tofu and potatoes, string beans and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's because I'm so invested in doing it myself. I, I guess I don't get out updates as often as I want to. And also, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm being a burden. Like, I yeah, don't want to that's the spam thing. people. That's the thing that I'm always afraid of. Like, I don't want to have that, you know, be like, all right, they're just unscribing because they're getting too many. Because I've felt that way about a lot of the things that I get in the emails is like, oh, this person's emailing again and again and again. Can you just say uh, for me, just pause a little moment of silence and then say unsubscribing? Unsubscribing. What did I say? No, you can edit that in now. Wait, we did this last time. And what did I <laughs> what did I mess up last time? <laughs> you said unscribing. <laughs> Oh, I think I said unsubscribing. It might have just not picked up. Oh on the well, microphone. well, maybe if you edit it, it'll it'll you know it'll sound like you were right about that. <laughs> unscribing, that's fun. Um, <laughs> you know, we do these podcasts and we're just chatting, and uh, you're sometimes uh, it's it's tough. Uh, <laughs> I listen. I'm one of those people. Sometimes people hate me. I cor- I correct grammar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call out little mistakes. I apologize in advance. It's just it's part of what I do. I'm one of I'm that guy. There you go. There you but, go. Um, I'll have I, I my subscribe. revenge when I pr- proofread uh, your your text that you sent me. Would you say you're going to do what? <laughs> I'll get revenge. Yes, you I, will. <laughs> yes, you will. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could say that, actually. Yeah. I guess we could mention what yeah. that is. You want to plug it? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, it's a small, it's part of a greater article. There's a, mm-hmm. a magic magazine called Genie Magazine. And right before we logged on, I asked Eric if he would be kind enough to just look over my little contribution to that to uh, a little for a little proofreading. Yeah, and after I said no many times, you convinced me. There was begging. There was pleading. I I committed to subscribe to his newsletter. I mean, it was a whole thing at ericdiddleman.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I subscribe to newsletters. Yeah. Of people that that I look up to, what have you, or people I want updates from, whatever. And I find that their frequency isn't always better than mine. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, some people are really diligent about it 
they're too gung ho, I think. And I think depends on what the service is. If it's like, uh, you know, if it's more of a retail and they're trying to do like sales and specials, like I get that. But if it's something like, you know, a once in a you know year purchase and they're sending you, you know, more than once a month an email, it's like, oh, okay, you're <laughs> you're not going to convince me. You're only convincing me to the opposite. I think. Maybe it uh, matters more if you receive them infrequently. It's like, all right, when I send something out, I want to actually have substance to it. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about for these ones that I'm sending out. It's like, I want to do them more frequently, but I also want them to be something that people are excited to open. So to have something fun into it or at least interesting or another tidbit. And I'm sure, by the way, I'm just, uh, and this is maybe one of my goals if we, once we get there is to like learn more about email marketing strategies and the, like the best strategies to get opens and titles and all this stuff. And I'm sure there's the podcasts and marketing tutorials and all this stuff. And I'm just curious with your marketing background, did you touch upon any of this stuff uh, in school? Was email even that important back then or way back when I'm saying you're like, you're so old. <laughs> I actually don't recall anything mm -hmm. that was like th that practical. Yeah. My memories of marketing courses were like, what what activities you'd be involved in if you got hired at a marketing firm Interesting. which you would think would involve email and social yeah. media and those things but i guess it wasn't as prominent when those textbooks were printed that we were working mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. but it was more about creating a marketing plan um yeah and i know i have friends who do like uh email marketing podcasts and it's just like i have to catch up on those and you know see can i just point out say. irony right now yeah neither one of us Knows what I sent out about. a newsletter <laughs> announcing what is this episode twenty eight. This is episode twenty eight. Yeah, announcing that we have a podcast. That was gonna be part of my newsletter. <laughs> that was gonna be one of the things that I was gonna be announcing. <laughs> Maybe I have. Maybe I actually yeah, have included. I'm, something I might like have that when we first started, but it's also been you know twenty eight weeks since then. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't recall doing it. But it's very possible that mm -hmm. I did at some point. Yeah. I did. Uh, that's the other thing. Oh, Why? I know what I did. I created a link tree. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So now on Instagram, instead of like linking to my website, it links to a link tree that can take you to our newest episode of this. Nice. Yeah. It could take you to a website if you want to go to that. Any other social media platform, different videos and things. And I know we had a link tree for the show, but it was kind of mm -hmm. cool and easy to make one for Instagram. And I had fun doing that. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a great service. That's a nice tip, too, if you haven't checked out Linktrees. Uh, we have it on our Instagram because I didn't know where to point people because so many people are listening on different platforms. So I didn't want to link just to, like, Apple because that's what I use. But I wanted to like, give options. And people are always like, where do I listen? It's like, wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you're, like, an Android user and you want to use their Android player, you can go to our Linktree there and just click that, and it'll give you the direct link to it. And um, I think it's super useful, uh, these Linktrees, and these people are finding solutions. And I just think there's uh, – sometimes if you haven't experienced it, you don't know there's, like, the perfect solution out there. So, um, so I'll, I'll throw it to our listeners, too. It's like if you have any tips, like – Again, I'm learning email marketing. I want to get better at it. If you have resources, you know, shoot it our way. I mean, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about, you know, productivity and, and business and stuff like that anyway. So, uh, you know, we're definitely throwing it out to our community, too, if you have some solid tips that we might not have heard of. Because, again, if I hadn't used a Linktree link from someone else's Instagram, I would have never have found out about it, you know. As a reader, I prefer the newsletters that are, like, blog-like. Yeah. What about length of uh, newsletters? Too long? Too short? Would you like a long one that gives you the whole thing and you get it less frequent frequently or a sh multiple short ones that are easy to read and digest? And what are your thoughts there? I think that's just a stylistic choice. I think whatever mm -hmm. the length is, it needs to suit the subject matter that you, the substance of what you have to say. So if you have a lot of updates because you haven't written in a long time, Mm -hmm. to those subscribing, then I would expect it to be a little longer. If you kind of get in a role where you're sending out something more regularly, there becomes sort of a, a little bit of a shorthand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that you develop with uh, with uh, your community. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, finding that voice that fits you is so important and key, I think. And um, the reason I wanted to send out, not only just to like make sure I got the the, the list of people who were wanted to receive it, but uh, just to like update the list. But the other reason I, I had an idea, you know, now January is a typically slower month for a lot of entertainers, even in the virtual world. So like I'm now that I'm mostly unpacked, I'm you know pretty much twiddling my thumbs trying to you know, book gigs, get leads and all this other stuff. So I had the idea to, um, you know, to kind of entice some leads by offering like, hey, if you've never had a Zoom show or a virtual show, like I'm going to offer like samples, maybe do a trick or two on, you know, for someone one one if they're interested in booking the show to experience what that's like first uh, and just to like offer that as, hey, let's schedule a time if this could be a right fit for you. Uh, so, so to put that as a prominent, hey, I'm doing virtual shows, but also if you want a quick little sample, feel free to click, you know, to schedule something with me. And I think well, that'll helpfully, by yeah, experiencing it, you know, convert some leads and. That, no, that's right great fit. because the virtual space is new for people who are on the the receiving end of it, the buying end of it, mm-hmm. and so to, to get a sample of how effective what you yeah. do really does translate mm-hmm. is. Uh, it's almost surprising because it's normally a live in-person art form. Yeah. And it's, so, and it's easy too when you're at home, if you're like, oh, I just have a thing scheduled, a quick little demo scheduled. I could just pop on, do that real quick, show you a little bit what it's like. And then if you decide to go forward with booking the show, then I could put all that extra effort I do to, you know, customize the show and all that stuff. That's the stuff you're, you know, paying me to <laughs> paying me to do and put on a good show. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's probably something I should have been doing for the whole time, but I mean, now that I have more downtime, I can actually schedule that stuff and, uh, and, uh, bring, bring some work forward. Yeah. Fantastic. So let's go on to our goals, Matt. I guess, uh, I kind of already talked about two of mine, which was like (laughs) learning email marketing and, uh, you know, waiting for my, uh, cabinets to come to continue unpacking and, uh. And to offer these uh, little Zoom samples, I guess, and um, and uh, to talk about my previous goals, I uh, I did not watch a uh, one-person show this week. I had some scheduled, but I am going to be watching one tonight because, and we'll surely we'll talk about this next week on our on the podcast. But um, Derek Delgadio's uh, one-person show that I saw in. LA first and then New York is going to be on Hulu. I think starting the 22nd, uh, that could be the wrong day ish ish. Um, but, uh, tonight I'm watching, uh, I have a link, a preview link because he's doing like a talk back with Stephen Colbert, uh, who helped produce the Hulu version and, uh, Frank Oz who helped, who directed his theater version. Um, that's, um, a panel they're doing. They're talking Derek Delgadio, uh, again, for those of you who don't know, he's a L.A.-based, I think now New York-based magician uh, who's had a fantastic one-person show, got a lot of great reviews called In and of Itself. Uh, but I highly recommend everyone to watch it because uh, and tonight I get to hear more about the behind the scenes. Uh, and it's moderated by Larry Wilmore, which is fantastic. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that tonight, and I'll tell you more about that uh, next week. Definitely. Yeah, I'm going to try to check that out. And as you know, I actually, uh, well, not only saw the show live in New York, but also watched the the video version last night. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be available to all of you to check out, at least the show version, uh, the like the Hulu version on Hulu. So look for that if you are a Hulu subscriber. And maybe even if you're not, I don't even know if you need a subscription or not. You can just go to Hulu. Do your own research on that. <laughs> um, it's out there. It's out yeah, there. Yeah, it's out there. And Matt, what about your goals? What have you been up to? You were, uh, you know, making marketing decisions about your show. You couldn't really talk about much. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I actually got to that sooner than I thought I would. Oh, good. Had a chat with uh, a, a great creative mind that I'm working with on the new marketing stuff. And... Uh, we're, we're forging ahead with that. So one step at a time, we're getting there. But really on a personal level, just because it's been 10 months and it's probably going to be a full year without doing a, a live show, I'm just just trying to take care of where I'm at mentally and not go too stir crazy. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I just have to go somewhere. Like I have to mm-hmm. get out of town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or do something. Yeah. And I'll just take a deep breath, relax, and realize that, you know, I really can't complain. So 
just trying to have a live life with a sense of ease and and clearness clarity awareness trying to kind of live in that space as best i can absolutely absolutely well that's a good goal to have uh for sure and uh you know while you're thinking about your marketing um Think about that email marketing, too. <laughs> See how that's going to tie into your new marketing strategy. I'm sure you're going to have discussions about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what it will do is it'll it'll change whatever's at the top of my newsletter. It'll now be a new photo once we have there it. There you go. Nice. You know? And the, the copy will still take just as long to write if, if it's long. Uh, short and sweet is good, too. You know, yeah. sometimes sometimes variety is the key. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it all depends on what your messaging is, but... Cool. If you have uh, email marketing tips for us, you can get in touch with us at our uh, email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or just resources you want us to check out or maybe you yourself have your own strategies on you know, email marketing and uh, also check out our cool link trees on our social media at mind magic pod. Uh, and you can uh, listen to the latest episode, which is what you're listening to now. Uh, but so you found it, but uh, share, share that links? link tree to other people. Do well. we have links in our link tree to, to our social media handles? Like, like does the one on Instagram link us to your Instagram and my Instagram? I should probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> marketing one oh one. Here we go, baby. Hey, at we're Matt all just Franco Magic at, at E. Diddleman. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. What a fantastic episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Mind Over Magic number 28. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting up there. So uh, tell a friend if you're uh, to check it out. Um, you know, point to uh, you could skip past political stuff and co- get to the, <laughs> uh, the the productivity stuff at the end, or or just listen to the riddles and trivia. That could also be a le- reason to listen. But uh, I bet you there are some people who do that. Just skip through. Just no, right to the riddles, and that's it. <laughs> or maybe I'm just sure. the song. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, but we appreciate you being here nonetheless, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening.